Okay, so uh, mostly I sent the text out. Most of you may know, may not. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Wow. Don't you just feel like outcast? Yeah, exactly. I appreciate that. And tonight's not the night that I preach to this side. Yeah, tonight's the night I preach to this side. So, mm. uh. yeah, you might want to. <laughs> so everybody go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. So tonight we've been, you know, I sent you the text out. Most of you got text or an email, I hope. Uh, God is, is taking us to a path of forgiveness for this week and next week. And the reason being is because it's going to help us understand judges a little bit better. Because, you know, in judges, you're really going to see God's forgiveness. You see it all the time, but you also see the, the, the um, consequences of their actions as well. But I love being able to, to speak about forgiveness. And this is not a night where you get beat up. Nobody's, no, you know, you hopefully you get convicted. But, yeah, everybody's like, what do you mean we're not going to get beat up? Every time you preach, we get beat up. They, and, well, yeah, you need to. You need a little whooping every once in a while. I know you don't need it every week. But what's funny is you might get whooped every time, but you keep coming. So praise God. Um <laughs> So in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, let's go to verse 5. And let's begin reading. We're going to read just the first verse right now. But if anyone has caused sorrow, he has caused sorrow not to me, but in some degree, in order not to say too much to all of you. Now, I want you to, this is what I love about teaching about forgiveness is because you have an opportunity to get your joy back when you when you hear about forgiveness. You know, especially when you've been carrying a load of something that's happened or something that's been going on or whatever. And then when you when you hear a message of forgiveness, it just gives you that opportunity to say, you know what? I can have my joy back. I can let this go. A lot of times forgiveness gets forgotten because we get in our lives again and all of these things happen and we don't we don't really cherish forgiveness the way God really, I mean, forgiveness is so important to God. It, it not that it, you know, you think about his love, you know, it, it, forgiveness is in his love, right? I mean, it's just, it's all about that. And so this is what's so important. And, and I wrote a little note in my Bible. I'm going to read it to you. And, and it's about joy. It's about joy and forgiveness. And, and when, you're, when you get forgiven, that joy is there. It's just, there's just a release when, you know, even when you forgive someone who's been mad at you, uh, or, or you, you know, someone has forgiven you and they've been mad at you, don't you just feel that release? And I wrote this little note, joy is missing when there is bitterness, even if you're just cranky, okay? You know, you, how many have ever just been cranky? There we go, all right. Every Saturday you get cranky, okay? But, but, but you, do you notice when you're cranky, there's not joy there? And w but usually, why are you cranky? Why are you cranky? Oh, you see, you see, and, and, and right, okay, very good. I'm so glad Tina was open and honest. Expectations, and usually we get cranky because our expectations aren't met by a person, okay? 
our expectations are, yeah, are, are not met by a person or even ourselves. We've dropped the ball. We kick ourselves because we didn't do this. I, you know, me, I get cranky because sometimes I forget. And by the way, I got to remember to say this. Whoever gave me that P51D Mustang, that diecast Mustang, you're not going to tell me who because you just left it on my desk. Thank you. I got to say it on Sunday, too. Someone left a diecast model of a P51D Mustang, which is my favorite airplane. And of course, the Mustang is my favorite car on my desk. And and it was it's, it's I, I appreciate it. It's, it's great. So thank you. Anyway, so, but you get cranky because it's usually at a person, and you find your joy is gone because you're cranky. You know, you find your joy is gone because you're not, not forgiving. And, and, and so this is what I love about a forgiving message. So let's read verse 5 again. But if any has caused sorrow, he has caused sorrow not to me, but in some degree, in order not to say too much to all of you. Now, first thing I want you to understand, Paul is admitting something here. First thing he's admitting is, is that the hurt that you're going through is real. Okay, the hurt, the pain and anguish that you're going through. He's saying it. But if anyone has caused sorrow, that means sorrow has been brought in by someone, by some person, by some event, through some event. It has happened. So he's not denying that you don't have a reason to be sorrowful. That's the good thing about it. The second thing Paul is admitting is that he was hurt by this person. Let's read it again. But if anyone, if any has caused sorrow, he has caused sorrow, not to me, but then he says, but in some degree. In some degree, I've been hurt, y'all. That's what he's saying. And, and, and this is what I love about this, this right here, because Paul, now the writer of most of the New Testament, is admitting that he got hurt, okay? See, oftentimes we take Paul and we put him on this, up here, you know, he was just a robot preacher, man. Paul came in and set things right. Paul came in and fixed it. Kind of like we do the pastor, you know what I mean? Ah, it's just the pastor. He can handle it. Give it to him, right? Y'all don't do that to me. I love y'all. Y'all love me, right? Okay. But no, what happens is, but Paul is saying, in some degree, I've been hurt by this person. He's just a man, but he admits that there's been sorrow there. I want you to go back. Go back just a few verses and look at verse 3 in chapter 2. This is the very thing I wrote you, so that when I came, I would not have sorrow from those who ought to make me rejoice, having confidence in you all that my joy would be the joy of all of you, uh, of you all, I'm sorry. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears, not so that you would be made sorrowful, but that you might, might know with love, which I have especially for you. See, Paul is understanding what they're going through, but he still has to send a letter of correction because of their behavior, of what happened. Even though this individual has caused much strife and much pain, there's come a time now to stop that. Even though he was hurt himself, and he's admitting it in verse 5, I'm hurt myself, but I still have to correct you. Hey, there's been times where I've had to preach a sermon in here, okay, where we've all been hurt, we've all been upset, and I've been hurt myself, but I still have to do what? I have to bring the message of truth to you, don't I? I can't let, I, I can't let say, okay, everybody, come on, let's all get together and be hurt together and just, we can't do that, can we? Why are y'all laughing at me? Because of my crybaby face? Yeah, but we can't. I can't, I can't permit that to happen, can I? 
I can't let you stay in your sorrow forever, can I? God didn't want you to stay in your sorrow. Admit it that it's true. Hey, I'm sorrowful right now. I'm hurt. Kind of like when your child hurts you, you know? Your child, anybody's child ever hurt their feelings? Ooh, man, and they can really get you good, too. Mama, you always, or Daddy, you always were like, y'all don't care about me. Mine always got me on Father's Day. Oh, Father's Day used to be terrible. Why do you roll your head back? You know, every Father's Day, my children found a way to get in a fight. And it happened for years. And it got to the point where I didn't want Father's Day to come anymore. I got so sick of Father's Day. I said, you ain't going to do nothing but fight. And they would. They would tell the truth, shame the devil. Huh? Take, nod your head. You always nod your head when I say something against you. They thank you. All right. Yeah, you can't do that. Your back hurting. And I, it would bother me. And it would make me sorrowful. But then I would have to, I'd have the opportunity to forgive them. And that makes a big, it, it, just, it just eats all that up. Okay? So let's talk a little bit more about, look at this in verse 6. Look at verse 6 in chapter 2. Sufficient. For the one, now, now, I'll, I'll read five and six together. But if anyone has caused sorrow, he has caused sorrow not to me, but in some degree, in order not to say too much to all of you. Sufficient for such a one is this punishment, which was inflicted by, ma- by the majority. See, now what he's saying now is, listen, we know he caused sorrow. We know he did something. But now enough, enough. Paul, who's even hurt, is saying, stop. There's enough. We've inflicted enough. And then uh, not, uh, not only have, but we've done it as a group. Look at what he says. Look at the sufficient. First off, there's enough. There's enough of it. And the punishment which was inflicted, they have done, they have dealt out whatever he did. No matter what this, 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 this gentleman did in the church, they have made him pay for it. And now it's enough because he still, even though he did something, apparently he's still a brother in Christ. So there came a time when Paul was saying, look, I was hurt by it too, you know, and the church shouldn't be tore up about this. The church, you know, we often talk about church splits and we talk, even talk about, you know, how many times we've split here, you know. And, you know, there's a church, there's a couple of churches down the road because of what? Something that went on here, right? Yeah, we have offspring, okay? <laughs> we have offspring down the road, okay? And when what should have happened was, hey, let's stop. Okay, enough. There's been enough hurt. There's been enough hurt. That's why the word but is so, not, is so important that we leave it out of, out of vocabula- vocabulary because when we say, but you don't understand, maybe I don't understand, but I know what God has done. And he said enough on the sin, and he forgave us. Enough with us. And this is, see, this is the good thing with, sin, with, with forgiveness, because each person out here who is a born-again believer has the ability to say enough. You have enough of the Spirit in you to say enough. And that's what Paul is saying. Paul is operating, hey, we just said earlier, he was a man that was hurt. But he got to the point where he said, enough. Have you ever, have you tried that? Has anyone ever said enough when it came down to being angry with someone? Good. And how did you feel when you said, you know what, no more? How did you feel? Uh Uh-oh. 
Yeah, I got my glasses knocked off. I know it. I can't believe I just knocked my glasses off my face. But he said enough. And then what happens? You see, it not only frees that person, but it does what to you? It frees you. It frees you from carrying that bond and that, 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 that burden that, 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 that's not yours. You, do, you, do you understand that you're not engineered anymore since salvation to carry bitterness? Do you know that's not in your makeup? So when you carry that, that would be like me taking, uh, trying to carry a cord of wood on, in my Mustang. It's not built for that. It's not designed for that. And it's not going to do it very well, now is it? You see, and that's why you can't do it. You, you won't do it. You cannot carry bitterness. That's why forgiveness is so, that's why when you get to hear these messages, you're like, hey, I get to let go. I get to let go. What did you say to me? I know Mandy pointed at you. Did she carry a cord of wood in her van? Okay. Well, see, now I have every right because sorrow was just caused me to, by, to some degree by Cindy, wasn't it? So I can either stir up the church and let's get her corrected, right? So we get her to the point where she's curled up in a fetal position crying. That could be my goal, couldn't it? Yeah, let's shame her. Let's let, let, let's uh, let's forward shame her. Yeah. But look at, <laughs> but look. It says the punishment, verse six, which was inflicted by the majority. That means the church was in agreement in this, in this. Okay. And, and now keep in mind there are guidelines that the church should, according to the Bible, there's instruction that when a brother is out of the will of God and he's not listening, right? Uh, you go and talk to them, and then if not, you take someone else, and if not, then you t- you take him to the church. But not to not to hurt him, to correct him. But you see, what happens with us is we go to correct him, and we end up hurting them because we start hurting, and all we see forgiveness allows us to forget about us. Forgiveness allows us to forget forget about us and think about the other person. That's what forgiveness allows and it opens the door because when you think about you you know y'all face it when you think about you you're a lot of work aren't you think about maintaining yourself you know what i mean and all the work that you you i admit i'm a lot of work you know i'm a lot of work to handle and and all this other stuff and if i spent all of my time on me i could do nothing else i could do nothing else but think about me but forgiveness doesn't allow that forgiveness says Wait a minute. Hold on. Let's turn it the other way. Let's let's take it the other way. And let, let's let's remember he suffered enough. He's gone through enough. And you've gone through enough because you've been missing your joy. You've been missing your joy because you've been so intent on on continuing his punishment. Go ahead. Sure, we can go there real quick. Let's go there. Go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. Yeah, and you're, you're exactly right. And this, now keep in mind, Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15, this is right after um, Jesus gives the model prayer, okay? Yeah, this is right after the, uh, right after the model prayer. So it says, 
For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, your, your, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. And, and we're going to go, we're, we're actually going to touch not on this scripture, but in, we're going to m- relate to that in another scripture down the road. But good point. And that, that's true. You know, when you don't forgive, you're not forgiven. When you do forgive, you are forgiven. That's the way it, that's the way it works. And what you have to keep in mind is that when you're when you don't realize Paul is telling them this, not just for the benefit of the one that is being afflicted, but he's telling the benefit of the body as well. Okay, there's nothing like having a body of believers that are in one accord and are forgiving each other. And it's just a joyful spirit. But if this, you know, just can you imagine? Just imagine. Okay, Susan, Chris and Eric, look at this side of the church. Now, just imagine there's more of them than there are of you, right? Imagine if all of them were mad at you, y'all right now. Yeah, to see Eric, yeah. You see, how would you feel? What if you just looked over there and you knew, man, every one of them sitting over there, they're mad at me. How would you feel right now? That you, yeah, let me, let me ooze out of the door here because I don't want to. And, and that's, the, that's what he's feeling. So, and then think about it. How many of you, if you look, y'all, y'all, all y'all, say, oh, yeah, look over there at them. Now imagine if you were mad at them and then you saw them hurting and feeling that, that way. And you would want, individually, you would want to go and, and make it right with them. But because you're in the crowd, what are you tempted to do? Not go. Not go. Not to be the first one. And, they, and, and it's sad, but. Once again, the first one that goes is going to see a release and be joyful. And guess what he's going to do or she's going to do? Somebody else is going to see that joy and it's going to catch. It's going to catch. It's going to catch. Now, now look, look at verse seven. So that on the contrary. Now, here we go. So that on the opposite side, you should rather forgive and do what? Not just forgive, but comfort him. There's another step. There's another step. It, 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 it's it's. It's more than just, hey, I forgive you. There is a comfort that needs to come in. Now, now get this. Get this real quick. Here we go. We're getting ready to dig in now. Otherwise, such a one might be overwhelmed by excessive, overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. Okay? Comfort him. So the sorrow won't be so excessive. So in other words, now here's what we're told to do. Not only forgive him, but give him that added measure. Just like God, see, did God just say, God forgave your sins, right? But then he did what? After he saved you from your, he forgave your sins, what else did he do? He sent the comforter, he sent someone, and then what else did he do? See, he didn't just say, okay, I forgive your sins and go on his merry way and leave us out here to, to, to forge around on our own. He didn't do that, did he? He forgave our sins, then he sent the comforter, and then what did he do? Through the comforter, through the belief, faith of Jesus Christ, and through the work of the Holy Spirit, not only do we have comfort, but we have hope. Why do we have hope? Faith, because of what? What's the end result? Where's Sheila now going? Heaven. Yeah, you see, so he didn't just, he didn't just forgive our sins and leave us here. He forgave our sins. It's comforting to know that you don't have to spend the rest of eternity here in Trustful, Alabama, ain't it? Can you imagine what this place would look like under the leadership of this world in another thousand years? 
It ain't going to be the Jetsons. I'm going to tell you that right now. Okay. Can you see? So he says, he says this, he says, he says, so that on the contrary, so on the opposite side of it, you should rather forgive him. Now, this is Paul, the one who was hurt, too. The one that was hurt also, he says, forgive him and comfort him. Otherwise, one might be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. Overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. I want you to take your Bibles, flip back one chapter. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and go to verse 3. Paul is asking you to be just like this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Wow. We comfort, God comforts. God comforts, we comfort. Okay, that's the way it works. We're to be, Christ was a comforting, he was a comforting savior, wasn't he? Is. Right? You get that peace. When you, when you know that you're going to heaven, when you know, I mean, I can look here, I can look at Sheila, I can look at Jamie, I can look at Mike, I can look at Dee, I can look at Bonnie, I can look at Jan. I look at everyone and say, wow, there's a comfort that you should be carrying with you right now because God has comforted you. Now, not only do you need to forgive, but you need to take that same comfort. And just as God has comforted you, because God is, he, look what the scripture says. Look at verse 3 again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and God of all comfort, Father of mercies. Now, that's what forgiveness is, isn't it? Isn't it? Forgiveness is, I mean, mercy rolls right into that, doesn't it? You deserve this, but I'm going to forgive you. And not only am I going to forgive you, but I'm going to make you comfortable. I'm going to give you some comfort and understand that, guess what, what you did is not bothering me anymore. There's nothing about, there's nothing like saying you forgive someone, but then still acting like it still bothers you. Huh? You know, married 34 years, right? How many times when you get, got into it with your spouse, do you forgive me? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You're not acting like you forgive me. It's okay, just leave me alone. Just give me a minute right now. That's not very comforting, is it? You forgive me? You would leave me alone because the next thing you know, you got that large iron skillet thung, right on top of the head. I told you I'm okay. You know, well, uh, yeah, now that you knocked me out, I guess you are okay. But look, look at verse 4. Who comforts us in our affliction, but there's a purpose. So what? That we will be able to comfort those in any affliction. Wow. Key word, any So is there a limit to what we should forgive? No, it's not. There's no category. Th th there's, no, there's no category that says you can't forgive. There's none. There's none. And you know what? When you can forgive that, even when it's done against your body, even when it's done against your family, even when it's done against your home, whatever it may be, you will still find more joy if you forgive it than if you continue to try to be mad about it. And that's a good thing. Or be cranky about it. 
okay? It, 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 it is. I mean, you know, we, we, you know, I have to forgive the state because they cracked Bonnie's windshield. <laughs> you know, she's going down our, we're going down our 20 and that rock hit, you know. But does it do me any good to continue to stay mad? Like, like the state even knows I'm mad. I wasn't really even mad. I just wasn't dealing with it. But you understand? You have to, you have to get there. Now, now go back to chapter 2. Now look at this. Verse 8. Wherefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love for him. Hmm. See, this is why this is going to help us in Judges. Two weeks on forgiveness is going to help us in Judges because every time God pulled them, you know, pulled them out of, um, sorry, I lost the word. Every time they went into, they went into slavery or went into exile or whatever, and then he pulled them back out. Every time that happened, that showed them every time, hey, I still love you. I still love you, but I'm not going to tolerate your ways but I still love you. And when he, if he didn't love them, guess what he would have done? He would have left them there. But he didn't. And so Paul is saying, reaffirm your love. Well, how do you reaffirm your love with someone that you've been angry at or you haven't forgiven? How do you do that? Seventy times seven. So you continue on because how many times have we trespassed against uh, transgressed God? How many? How many times can anyone? How many has anyone here know for sure that they've sinned more than four hundred and ninety times? (laughs) (laughs) And anyone know for sure that he stopped? He's he's still forgiving. Sure. Yes. That's the key here. If you are not forgiving, are you a Christian? That's a hard question to answer. Huh? It really, if you're a Christian and you're not forgiven, guess what? God will do whatever it takes to get you to that point where you forgive, if you're his. Now, if you're not his and you're walking in an unforgiving, uh, if you're just completely practicing unforgiveness, in other words, you're just a good grudge holder, then you're not a Christian. <laughs> there we go. If you're a good grudge holder, how do I know that? Second, I mean, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 6 says, love keeps no record of a wrong suffered. I know that's hard to hear. Now, if you now hold on, let me explain something to you. If you feel if you've just gotten comfortable with holding a grudge. If you've just gotten comfortable with it, then you need to pray to get and let go of it and start walking away from it and let that mean nothing to you. But if you are seeking out grudges, that's when you're not a Christian. So get that. Get the difference. Okay. Amen. That's right. It does. It leads to bitterness. 
So do you understand what I said when I say you're not a Christian? If you are deliberately going out and holding grudges, you're seeking out a grudge, and no one can console you, you need to check your walk. If you're trying to let them go, and you know and that grudge is bothering you, that's a different story. That's conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit at work. If you got a grudge and you're, you know you don't want it, okay, you know you don't want it. I don't want this, Lord. Take it from me. But then when it comes back, it keeps popping up. You know, now that's the, you know, like, like whack-a-mole. You know, no matter how many times you hit it, them jokers still come back up, right? That's a different story. That's just a battle, okay? But I'm talking about the one that goes and he finds a grudge and is determined and is hell-bent to have a grudge. I'm going to have a grudge against you, and I'm never going to let it go. That's the person that needs to, but the person that's just like, I'm trying to let this go. I'm, you know, you're weeping over it. You're okay. You're okay. You just need God to work in you, okay? So let me clarify that. I don't want anyone to think, because how many of us got grudges? I got problems. Okay? All right. That, that, that's what I'm saying. So get that. I, I got that, but I'm not saying, I don't want you to, I'm saying if you're just a, does it, is everybody get that now? Everybody feel okay? Because I don't want the whole church thinking they're all going to hell because they got, everybody's like, whoo, pastor told me I'm going to hell. <laughs> Give them for they, the, yeah, they don't, don't lay this charge to them. Yeah. Yeah. Or somebody's stoning you. And while you, yeah, and you're in the middle of getting stoned, you say, Lord, don't lay this charge to them. That's a different story. He didn't hold a grudge, and he was, he, but he was spiritually where he needed to be. You know, it always comes back to this, y'all, with us. We got so much garbage in our life that we, we, we don't even take the time to get it all out. You know what I mean? And that's why we keep these things keep resurfacing. You're right, okay? So is everybody okay now? I don't want you walking out of here. Y'all all right? Yeah, y'all think oh y'all think y'all going to hell every Sunday after church. Well, <laughs> but at least I tell y'all. <laughs> but <laughs> but I told you how not to go there. So there, okay, there's a big difference. Yeah, well, hey, look, I mean, uh, don't <laughs> y'all. I'm not gonna feel like garbage about that one. Okay, if the word of God is convicting you. Praise God, I'm good with it. Okay, so let's get that. And I'm glad we're recording it, too, so maybe everybody who's listening is like, oh, no, he said we're all going to hell. Uh, about five minutes, about 80 people going to flood into the church. <laughs> Lord, help me. I got a grudge. Okay, so are we okay? Okay, good. So, uh, but this is the point that helps dig us out of that, though. Reaffirm your love. Wherefore, I urge you, look at verse 8. Wherefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love for him. Now, see, that's the thing. I mean, it's nothing like it's nothing like when Bonnie's been mad at me or I've been mad at her. And then you do that thing to just make sure, you know, it's like, sweetheart, look what I did. I, you know, I found the most chocolatiest thing I ever could have found in my whole life. And I put ice cream on it. And here it is. <laughs> and, you know, she's like, I love you. You know what I mean? You know, it, it, that, 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 that brings back. Do what it takes to bring it back. Okay, because he here's the key. He says, reaffirm your love. That means you had it at one time. You just let something else get in the way of it. So reaffirm it. Okay, 
reaffirm it. Now, this is, this is real good. Take, take your Bibles and turn to 1 John chapter 4. First John chapter four. First John, first John. So back towards Revelation. See, this is you, this is not. Hopefully, this is not beating you up. Hopefully, you're seeing. Hey, I can get this 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 joy back. I can get this. This is good. Let me get this joy back. This is what I love about forgiveness. I mean, forgiveness is a rejoicing time. It's not a yeah, it really is. First John chapter 4, verse 15. Look at this. We're going to read 15 through 19. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So I want you to understand something right now. If you are a confessing Christian, you're believing in God, then, then, then guess what? God is in you, okay? We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us, God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this, love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also we are in this world. Now, see, this is the thing. Our love for God's love for us is going to be reaffirmed in judgment. Why? Because guess what? We're getting in, <laughs> okay? He's, he's reaffirming it all the time, but it will, and stand in judgment, we'll be able to stand, even though we know there's going to be some things we're going to have to give an account. When we're in that beam, standing before the beam of seat of Christ, okay, and he's, we're giving an account of every little word we said, okay, every little nasty word, every word, ooh, I know that freaks you out right now. Every word that's ever come out of your mouth, you will give account of. Woo! Y'all, we said some stuff. And the longer they live, the more you got to say. Right? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ain't going to say nothing else. I'm going to be a mute. <laughs> but you're going to think it. That's another thing. But he, understand. But we, but we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. Now look where he categorizes it. As we are in this world. See, as he's loved right down here, we're the same way down here. See, this is that reaffirming that we need to keep doing. Now, look at verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. You see, now keep in mind, if there's a person worried about getting excommunicated out of the church, you ain't loving him. Because he's done something, you ain't loving him. I'm afraid I'm going to get kicked out of the church. I'm afraid this. If I don't go to church, Brother David's going to call me. He's going to be mad at me. I'm afraid of that. And I'm not showing you the right kind of love, okay? If you think you're going to get a nasty gram from me because you hadn't been to church, then we need to talk. Now, none of y'all I've ever called and told y'all, you better get yourself in here. Have a. No. And I'm not going to do that. I love you too much. I love you too much to get in the way of the Holy Spirit convicting you. Because if you're really saved, the Holy Spirit will convict you, and guess what will happen? Huh? But if I get in the way, guess what happens? He ain't going to tell me what to do. Well, you're right. So, so get that. As God has loved, God is love. 
But Paul is saying this forgiveness thing, you want to have joy? Start pouring love back on, on people. Oh, man, it's beautiful. Even when you've been mad at them, you can just go back and say, wow, hey, it's all good. And, and guess what? I was joking with Chris and Susan a while ago because Susan had her hands full. And I said, well, I'll hug Chris first. And she said, fine, I won't get my feelings hurt. I won't be mad or anything. I said, well, that's fine. I said, we can spend the next three weeks not talking to each other. I said, and then after two weeks, or that after that, we can, you can come back and, and tell me, you know, we're okay or whatever. And, and then I can spend the next few weeks walking around on eggshells making sure I don't hurt your feelings again. You know what I mean? That ain't, that ain't forgiveness. You know what I mean? When I got to worry about, oh, gosh, am I going to, ooh, did I, did I, I'm so sorry, did I, did I, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Hey, guess what? If you're putting off that to a person, if you're putting that off, if, if that person is getting that from you, then you need to check yourself and what you're, what you're sending them, okay? They need to be sure, without a shadow of a doubt, that they're forgiven. Just like you're sure, without a shadow of a doubt, that you're forgiven. Does God do anything in your life to make you question whether or not you're saved? You may do stuff to question whether or not you're saved, but God don't do nothing to question that, okay? Just because you went out and stuck your, you know, you went out to the strip joint or whatever, that don't mean that God questioned you. Your question, like, ooh, should I have done that? Would a saved person do that? That's you questioning, okay? So let's understand that. Now, we're going to, almost done here. Anybody feeling beat up right now? Okay, good. Go to verse 9. For to this end also I wrote so that I might put you to the test, whether you are obedient in all things. But one whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, this is verse 10, I did it for your sakes in the presence of Christ. See, Paul was saying, I'm willing to let it go just so you'll know you can let it go. Look at verse 11. So that no advantage would be taken of, by, uh, taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Look who he all, who, look who he sums it up. Look who he ties unforgiveness to. And isn't that a joy to know that when you've been forgiven and you are forgiven, you're not operating under the power of Satan? but you're operating under the power of the Holy Spirit that has been given to you. <coughs> okay, that's the, that's the joy. That's the freedom, you know? That's the key. So get that, okay? Understand that. Now, next week, we're going to talk more about forgiveness because we, need, we have to understand a couple of more things before we get back into Judges because we really need to understand. Now we understand kind of our nature of forgiveness. Next week, we're going to understand, really understand God's nature of forgiveness, okay? Because this week spent more about us, next week about God, and then we're tied into Judges. We'll be back in Judges in two weeks, okay? Any questions? Y'all okay now that you know you ain't going to hell? Everybody all right? Not, no. 